Hey y'all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank and I'm joined by Jonathan. Hey guys. And Daniel. Hello. Alright, and today we got all kinds of good things, cool things to go over. Uh, some new Star Trek news, Nickelodeon's getting awesome. Uh, we got some Final Fantasy updates we want to talk about and some comic book roundup. Uh, but first let's get into our question of the week. MTV Cribs is back, but of course we don't want to watch the latest rapper or pop star. We want to see a superhero's home. What superhero's home would you want a tour of? Daniel, let's start with you. Uh, I would want a tour of uh, Superman. Superman's uh, home? Portraits of, yeah. Soli- Portraits of Solitude. Mm-hmm. be kind of cool to take a look and see what's in there. I know. Fucking huge. <laughs> Definitely so. huge, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, doesn't well, he collect creatures from different alien yeah. races and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yes, uh, like uh, a zoo. It would be cool to just see the the, um, the alien technology within there. Yeah, so. yeah. What version of Superman would you want to see his house of? That makes sense. That does not make any sense. So I would <laughs> want to see the animated I, uh, Superman's house because uh, I know he has that really cool zoo in it. Yeah. Okay. What? Yeah, that one. With that was yeah. Yeah. That was, he had like Lobo and stuff like that in there. That's yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> now thinking about it, that's a really good answer, actually. <laughs> it's funny, like if you think of that, uh, he's like the collector from uh, in Avengers. Like he's like collecting like yeah. creatures and shit. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, he's like doing it for a good reason because it's like the last of yeah. their kind. But in the end, yeah, he's like you know gotta catch them all. So that's true. Jonathan, what are you thinking over there? Uh, I want to check out the Batcave. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I want to second see, one. I want to see the Batcave from the earlier movies, from like the first two, two or three movies. But yeah. I want to see that he has more modern Batman tech in there because you know evolution with with our times that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you remember that Michael Keaton sitting in front of like the big television screens and like this is our supercomputer, <laughs> pop pop pop. And it's like fat servers with tape yeah. running on them. Right. Like uh, in the Batcave, I would like to uh, check out. There's two things that are in all the comic books, and they don't have really a story behind them. There's a giant penny, and mm-hmm. there's a there's a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Those are in every Batcave iter- <clears throat> iteration, and there's no reason behind them. It's just something that's a tradition. Really? You put those two items in the Batcave every time, and so and there's and there's been times I think just recently actually where Batman was fighting somebody in the Batcave and he hid behind the penny. But like so they've used them. They definitely acknowledge them. I would just like to know the reason why. Um, mm-hmm. you know what what adventure that was from. So that would be really cool. All right, my choice is 177A Bleecker Street in New York. That is also known as the Sanctum Sectorum and uh, the home of one Doctor Strange. So talk about a cool museum. Like you got all kinds of fancy uh, different things. Like he has, I love that dial where you spin the dial and like the window changes to a different location in the world. That would be yeah. so dope to just be like, oh, underwater, uh, this, under the, you know. <laughs> um, and then of course he finds the cape in there, the cape of levitation and who knows what other tools I could be using, like some cool fancy stuff. It's just <laughs> such a cool place. And there's like uh, multiple of them all over the planet. But the one in New York is uh, where Dr. Strange is at. And I could get lost in there just checking out the cool stuff. Dr. Strange is so cool. And the next one is getting cooler, as me and Daniel were talking about earlier. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> um, that would be mine. I-, I think we got some solid choices here, guys. That'd be really cool. Uh, they might want to, I mean, Marvel, you have enough money, to, or Disney, you have enough money to buy MTV. You guys might want to do like a MTV Cribs version of your show. Show out like, you know, like, oh, hey, let's check out Loki's place. Let's check out, you know, Ant-Man's place. That'd be pretty fun. That, that'd be a real funny way to do like a teaser for upcoming movies, too. Right. If you have a new Doctor Strange coming out, you do a little, oh, hey, just, you know, hanging out with Doctor Strange, checking yeah. out his crib kind of thing. Like, that'd be pretty funny. They did yeah, something like that with Thor. It was really hilarious. 
for uh loki's where would it be be at like would it be at the tva it would have to be (laughs) yeah it would have to be like his room at the tva and then like it's like just like everybody's quarters look the same but his has like plot like the red string somewhere on the wall like how he's gonna take over the tva (laughs) that would be hilarious that'd be great um yeah they they did that for thor though uh during civil war like he's not in the civil war movie right and of course he'd be one-sided if he was um but they did a thing where he's like hanging out with his friends down in australia and like he's got a nine to five job and stuff it's hilarious you guys check it out Uh, we've posted on our discord a few times um but yeah Uh, i wanted uh i wanted to add the one when uh I forgot, I forget which Avenger movie it was when like Thor's like like overweight playing video games for Agent yeah. Kid. I was like, I yeah. would love to uh, like be him. Oh, it was Infinity Ward. I couldn't remember which one it was, and I was oh. like, it'd be kind of cool to go over there, but I don't know, that, that room was pretty fucking messy. <laughs> oh dude, can you imagine the the freaking like dude the dude stink that's in that room with like oh. two oh. aliens and a, a as guardian god <laughs> uh, that show is funny as fuck the best part is that he's fighting that that fortnite kid which we find the yeah. fortnite guy he's actually like he like works at best buy in the mcu actually but um it's like pwn slayers like that and they're always like it's pwn slayer again <laughs> the mighty pwn slayer <laughs> or whatever it was his name was oh that's great uh, all right so good choices i guess Let's move on to our cookies here. We got some quick stuff just to mention real fast. Uh, the Witcher season uh, two is set to release December seventeenth. I'm excited for this. I mean, Henry Cavill and stuff like that back at it. Uh, Daniel, it sounds like you're excited for this too. Oh yeah, I I loved the first season. I know a lot of people weren't big fans of it, but I I mean I like the actor. You guys already know. Uh, super excited. I never actually played all the video games, Witcher games. Yeah, they were kind of hard uh so but loving the show can't so, wait for it i'm the same boat as you man i'm not necessarily a fan of the games i just don't like the controls um yeah but i i am a huge fan of the show and it's and it's really good Jonathan, did you have a chance to watch it i know you're a netflix guy i have not no all right but I, i'll i will oh. try to watch at least i've seen i saw one episode of it and i remember it was yeah it was interesting but yeah. it didn't suck me in yet so maybe if i watch a few more it'll really uh catch my attention and then i'll maybe i could binge it before december 17th I will give you one helping hand if you're going to watch the first season and you haven't seen it before. Uh, there are multiple timelines going on at one time. That yeah. helps understand mm-hmm. what's really happening. So I was going to ask you, Tap, do you think they're going to do that or no. do you think it's just going to be... Oh, that's... Oh, okay. No, cool. this actually looks like it's was... straight up the video game now because uh, uh, we have like his adopted daughter, right? Uh, that he's mm-hmm. training to become the next like major magician. We have Yennefer, who's just... I just love everything she does. The actress is amazing. Um, so like we have all the stuff that's like in line now for to be like Witcher three or whatever. Oh, okay. From an outside yeah. player's point of view, you know, so that'd be really dope. All right, now Daniel, we're gonna lean heavy on you because I know you're a big fanboy of this guy. Hideo Kojima is rumored to be partnering with Xbox for exclusives. His next game Ooh. may be an Xbox exclusive. What are your thoughts on that, man? Uh, I'm thinking a horror game, uh, Silent Hill. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, uh, dude you might break the internet saying that (laughs) i'm that's what i'm thinking that's what a lot of people like i was looking at like i was just looking into this yeah and uh a lot of people are saying that it could be a silent hill like game but then uh also looking into it uh the what was it google stadia game designer director kim Mm -hmm. also was hired by uh xbox yeah. to work with kojima 
because Kojima wants to work, uh, develop more video games for the cloud. Yeah. So and Xbox has invested heavily in that thing. Yes. So with her there and then Kojima, I'm hoping, yes, Silent Hill, but I'm also hoping more games, like a bunch of more games yeah. for the cloud, like for Kojima. That's why I, it's kind of disappointing because PlayStation only gave it like he only made one video game for PlayStation and that was it. And then he was trying to make another game and PlayStation denied it. So that's why I'm really hoping for a Silent Hill like game. Yeah. And Xbox right now, because they're trying, and, and they're doing an excellent job, I must say, they're trying to become like an exclusive machine, and they're really, they, they bought Bethesda yeah. because of that, stuff like that. Kojima, like, he just brings so much clout with them that this is just a great move, yeah. just rep-wise, you know, saying that he's working yeah, honestly, with Honestly, it, it's, it's huge. It, it's pretty much like Bethesda. Kojima is just is. like Bethesda. He just makes all these fucking games. And they're just all original, like, and they're always good in one way or another. Like, yeah. there's never been a bad Kojima game that I could think. Yeah, of. Yeah, they usually are freaking amazing. Uh, this Death Stranding didn't sell that many copies in the beginning, but I mean, now it came out for Steam and stuff like that. I definitely think it, it, it hyped. Like, the game was really, really good. It got so, our very rare perfect score from from one Daniel over there. <laughs> hey, hey. It if was it, a good game. It, yeah, it, it is. Uh, Squeaks so, even said it was a good game. So. And there's a director's cut you're coming, that's coming up, too, that you can get your hands on that has extra yeah, stuff. Yeah, that was kind of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was, was kind of disappointed with that. I was just hoping for a different actual game instead of a director's cut. Yeah. Uh, Silent Hill, uh, Jonathan, you might actually be interested in this franchise. So you remember that story, it's on the dollop, where there's a town in Pennsylvania where there's a fire just always burning underneath it? Oh, yeah, I love and, like, that story. Things yeah. yeah. This game takes place in that town. And oh, it's a okay. it's a horror story that takes place in that town where there's constantly just like things dying because the underground fire. Mm. So. Well, they wouldn't be able to get the rights to Silent Hill because that was Konami. Right, right, right. But they could so, still. And there has been rumors. There, I mean, back and forth, people just be like, yeah. "Yeah, it's not Silent Hill, but it's in that town and yeah. stuff like that." You know, because they he can't... was supposed to be doing it. So yeah. I'm fucking hoping. I mean, it's just a slam dunk, basically. So. Uh, okay, Assassin's Creed hasn't confirmed. Assassin's Creed Infinity is coming uh, 2024. There's going to be a live service game in the Assassin's World. We've actually projected a game like this should happen for Assassin's Creed. Now we have confirmation yeah. that it is. Um, it'll basically be an online forever changing game, much like Fortnite. Fortnite's a lot of money coming in. Um, do you think this is a good move, Jonathan? You've played Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I think it's great. I love the, the mechanics of Assassin's Creed and how, how the gameplay you know works. I think having a a uh, you know massive online version of this would be a lot of fun because like we talked about before uh you can be kind of hiding in a crowd and you're just not just npcs there might be somebody else walking by that just swoops around and assassinates you and now you're like oh crap who was that and you're it's a lot more exciting and engaging uh, i think it i think it's a perfect kind of game to make a massive online game like this yeah wait then, so is it gonna be like a battle royale or it's gonna be like how how's it they have not oh. said yet. It will have money. It'll have assassins from throughout history. So you're able to have, like, yeah. you know, you're able to bring in stuff. But they did specifically reference Fortnite in talking about it. So I don't think it's a battle royale uh, necessarily, but it will be a game where you're constantly fighting other players, I'm sure. And it's infinite kind of gives the, the idea that it's something that can be live service all the time. So if it's so not, be, yeah, if it's not Fallout, then it's like going to be like, or if it's not, I'm sorry, Fortnite, then it might be like Fallout 76. Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking like 
maybe like game modes of like you and a bunch of assassins have to murder these these guys or whatever yeah. and then you just all yeah. go out and try to like figure out a way to kill them yeah. yeah it's like one team has to protect the citadel while the other ones have to execute the king or something yeah. like that that would be dope i'm on board yeah. with that like a yeah. left for dead almost is like he's pitching there jonathan yeah but with assess i like that a lot that's really cool because i so, used to like in left for dead you could be the zombie sometimes yeah i haven't played any of the newer games were there like actual combat like you could like fight More somebody so. or it was mm -hmm. all just like i gotta assassinate this guy jump on his back and stab him no you could do both you can, oh, you, use, can, you can use bow and arrow you can pull out your sword you can hand to hand fight oh, all okay. kinds and Daniel, as somebody who's played both versions of the games, like the newer and the older ones, it is far more combat than the old games. Like oh, okay, because the yeah. old old ones, it was just like the Ezio storyline. It was just like, all yeah. right, I gotta stab him. Yeah, really. If you got it, so Jonathan, just because you're not familiar with them, if you got into combat in the old versions of the games, you actually you're messed up then. Yeah, because uh, you should have been stealthy the entire time. Yeah, combat is like usually like last resort kind of thing. So yeah. yeah, it's a whole different beast. And then, yeah, you're trying to to run away from the guy that just seen you, and then all of a sudden it's like you can't even jump on the walls or anything because like the combat's kind of clunky. It was when they yeah. like see you, and then all of a sudden you're falling and crap. So that's why I was wondering. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I wonder if they could make a like a PvP kind of thing too. They could now. They heavily invested in their combat. It's actually far better than it was before. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the the characters they would make would be kind of cool because I'd imagine they would differentiate them based on how you can in the older games, uh, how you can level your character or what skills you can focus on. So one of them will have you know the upgraded, uh, what is it, hand blade or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, while the other one will be good with archery, and one will just be extra sneaky and you can you know, you know, wear a ring that makes them turn invisible for a period or something like that. Like yeah, each would have certain skills. Would be pretty cool. And they could be throughout history. So you could have like, oh, this Mongolian one's really good on horseback. And uh, this one from uh, Middle East uh, or uh, medieval uh, England times is really good with a longbow and stuff like that. So you mm -hmm. could have like strengths that are pulled straight out of history, which is always really uh, a benefit to Assassin's Creed. I want to see one of them have a Loki power where they use a spell. Because they got to include some black magic. Be cool. Of course. I mean, uh, use well. a, sp a spell or a ring or an amulet or something like that where they create a crowd around them. So you're, you're sneaking oh, in and yes. all of a sudden you create... 50 people that are just kind of moseying or, or whatever and oh, then if man. you need to you could tell them rush and all those people will run that direction to kind of distract while you go the other way not That'd to spoil cool. anything but that classic loki <laughs> the one that like leans on magic is my new favorite uh, loki he is yeah, so uh, badass <laughs> we'll talk about loki at the end guys we're gonna do a full review spoiler filled finally uh <laughs> review for loki so that's at the end all right last bit of the quickies here we have lord of the rings uh series is under allegations of being unsafe multiple stunt performers have been hospitalized so in the in, like at one point, it was like in the span of two weeks, three stunt people got into the hospital because of how bad things are. Um, Amazon, who's, who's making the series, says, oh, they're completely inaccurate. Everything's fine. Uh, at what point should uh, Amazon stop production and check their safety practices, Jonathan? Uh, that's, that's hard. I mean, there's, there's laws and, and guidelines on what you can and can't do. I'm pretty sure they're not filming in the U.S., but... No, they're not. Um, or New Zealand. Sorry, New Zealand. Yeah. So as long as they're sticking to those practices and... You know, it, it, yeah, three three people getting hurt in a couple of weeks is is pretty bad. But what they're doing isn't easy too. They're they're stunt actors. They're yeah. diving with yeah. swords in their hands and jumping off of horses and stuff like that. So you you know when you sign up for this, this is a hard job, and there's a good chance you'll get hurt at some point in the process. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would I would say as long as they're sticking to regulations and maintaining best safe practices, then yeah, you know, that's the best they can do. But I I think I mean once. 
once it gets attention, once people realize like, hey, three is more than the normal amount, because yeah. we don't know what the normal amount is. Um, but once we see that, hey, this is more than what we're used to, I think that's when they need to pump the brakes and just reevaluate uh, their safety practices, make sure they're meeting all the expectations and standards, see if there's any holes that they can you know, improve safety uh, for their staff and employees, but also to get ahead of, of the press and avoid any you know major cryouts that are going to damage their image and everything because that's what's happening is from the hospital these stunt people are like up on twitter saying like hey man this thing's unsafe and that's kind of what started this whole thing i would think that it'd be a smart move to put like a third party uh person out there just keeping on everything as production's going on preferably somebody from the government i believe it's new zealand but for some reason i'm also thinking they're filming also in australia so they might be filming in both places but um yeah, three, just kind of have somebody that make it like, it's fine. What's that, Daniel? Yeah. I, uh, I said three is kind of too much for three people in to be injured. In two weeks, or, there's been more than that, I, just in the two-week span, yeah. That's that's what, it's kind of a little, they, they kind of need to like halter production for now and take a look and see why are people getting hurt? Because I know like movies, you always hear like maybe the main actor accidentally gets hurt. Tom Cruise, he's yeah. Not used to do, yeah, not the Stunt, the the guy that's trained to do stunts and to also kind of avoid injuries right too, exactly yeah is getting hurt uh they kind of need to like stop production you don't want a death to occur because yeah. then that's just gonna stop production for a good year or two so that is a good yeah. point yeah these guys are are trained to prevent taking damage from these things you know so it's it's even worse yeah, I think best case scenario, they could do, like you said, Frank, get a third party company that is, you know, responsible for safety and, and comes in and says, yeah, they're doing this and they're doing that and they need to do this. And then you ha- you hire your own personal guy that works with them, the the go-between that oversees the application and making the changes and stuff like that. So you have clear and visible communication. Hey, we see that these are the holes because somebody else pointed them out and this guy's making sure they get corrected. Yeah. All right. Oh, let's move on to Star Trek next. Uh, Jonathan, though, before we get started, I noticed you have a new Star Trek poster behind you. Is that Riker? Who is that behind you? Oh, yeah, that is. Sorry. Can't see it. All Riker? Yeah, Looking that was good. in uh, a Star Trek magazine I had. I opened yeah. it up. I was like, oh, crap, there's a poster in there. That's going on the wall. We got to get that signed by uh, Jonathan Frakes at some point. So, I'm, we'll... a month, I'm a month behind. We're on July. Uh, you are. You have Balan yeah. up there. Wow. Look, Harry, Harry Kim next. is waiting. I know. He's I love Harry Kim. <laughs> looks better. Sorry. Sorry. Follow Garrett. him on Twitter, guys. He is great. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, and, here, go ahead. and check out his podcast, uh, Delta Flyers. Yes, of course, Delta Flyers. And again, I, I, I'm so into Trek Freaks that I'm not listening to Delta Flyers. That's what happened. Oh, yeah. Check out I Trek am, Freaks, too. I will say I am loving Trek Freaks because it's the first time I'm watching the original series. And mm. I, I'm sure like many others just thought it was campy and kind of old school, whatever. No, the stories are legit good. And Shatner's acting is far better than I ever thought it was. Right? Everybody impersonates him so poorly, but it's like, yeah. no, he's a pretty good actor. He has great emotional range. I, I like watching him act. That's good. Though, so I realize now how much I say um in an episode after I just listened to our newest <laughs> one. I was like, oh my God, shut up with the ums, dude. I cut a few of them out. I do cut out ums often, uh, even in this show that we're doing here, the GFN. Uh, but I, I've learned early on that if you take out too many of them, it doesn't sound natural. So you got to keep some of the ums in there. So... The ums you're hearing, there are still some removed. <laughs> Jeez, that's bad. Okay. I need, to, I need to like put my finger on the desk or something or do, do a certain other cue <laughs> to just like stop my mouth from saying um all the time. <laughs> that's bad. All right. Speaking of Star Trek, we have a new director for a brand new film that is in production now. 
the new director's name is Matt Shakem, Shakeman. Uh, he's from WandaVision, and he's, he's a rising star because of WandaVision's success. Uh, he will be working with J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot, which is the guys that made the first three rebooted Star Treks, right? Uh, Jonathan, do you think a director from WandaVision is a good call? I think so. Mainly, I mean, you got the name, but J.J. Abrams is always, already great. And now, yeah. you know, WandaVision was kind of hot. And uh, I think, well, we'll go into more details later. But yeah, I think it'll be good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I think the creativity that he saw in WandaVision would be good. Uh, Daniel had brought up a good point earlier that actually a Loki director would be better. Because <laughs> mm. the time travel would be a lot of fun. And I'm always a fan for time travel. Um, but yeah, and then we're, we have two new uh, writers that'll be doing this. It's the first time we have two women writing a Star Trek film, which is cool. Uh, we have Lindsay Beer and Geneva Robertson Duarte uh, writing them. Uh, Beer is currently working for Paramount uh, doing the new Pet Cemetery film, which those are always awesome. And Duarte actually wrote Captain Marvel and the latest Tomb Raider, which is my favorite Tomb Raider. Uh, so we have some talent behind this movie. This thing is really setting up to be awesome. Uh, now, Jonathan, you are the resident Star Trek uh, expert that's here right now, because Kevin's not with us. <laughs> he, I'm sure he wants to weigh in on this, too. Maybe you guys can mention it on the next Trek Freaks. Um, yeah, for sure. That'd be a good idea. Uh, do you think they should stick with the original characters, or is it time for a next generation? I, I think it's time, because the original characters, they're at that age where if you're going to keep uh, telling their stories and keep using them, they're, you know, they're, they're going to be retiring you know, soon. Yeah. And you don't want to drag them out. I think it's good time for another generations movie to pass the torch uh, to a next generation of, of uh, Star Trek lead characters. So you want to literally see a movie where you actually see Kirk handed over to Picard, or do you want to just yeah. be like a whole new movie, whole new cast? I mean, I would like to see a bridge, uh, uh, yeah. something that connects them. I think that would be cool. I mean, I know we've seen so there's so much Star Trek going on right now, and like the Picard series. Like if they ended the Picard series with kind of like well they have uh what's his name the the pilot of their ship is a new character we haven't seen before that has all the holodeck uh holographic versions of himself you know bring in a few more cool new characters kind of build them up in picard and then branch that off into its own series afterwards and that would be the new star trek i don't know yeah yeah there's something there i i i would love to see a recast of next generation and just see how that would look um I, I personally think Tom Hardy is the guy you go with. He's already played Picard's clone before in Nemesis, and mm. he's got the star power to carry the movie. He's just awesome. Um, I think that would be really cool. Is there anybody in particular you'd want to see play Picard or anybody else? I think if you recast anybody from Star Trek, the the fans are just going to just butcher you. Like, oh, they, no, I don't yeah. think anyone's going to like it. Yeah, that's going to be, you know, uh, that's going to be bad. But um, I can't think of anybody that could play Picard as Picard, Yeah, you know. Truly, so I mean, the yeah, Tom Hardy's a fantastic actor, though. Yeah, the thing that saves you is that this is a different timeline, so like that's why they're able to make their mistakes or not even make the mistakes, make their changes and uh, be okay. It's funny. Uh, I was just out of a whim. I was writing the article for this 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 thing here, and I was just like, man, you know, it's a really fun scene, a stupid scene. I'll give you that, but fun scene is that one from Star Trek Beyond where they crank up the Beastie Boys and like surf on all those <laughs> robots. Yeah. <laughs> I watched that back yeah. and I'm like, this shit is straight up silly, but man, I love it so much. It's so great. <laughs> yeah. And I know a lot of a lot of classic Star Trek fans don't like the newer movies, but I think they're good. They're just you have to understand you're not watching the same thing you watched before. It's yeah. a new generation, it's a new type of Star Trek. But you know, you gotta also appreciate that the younger generation likes this new type of Star Trek because it's made for them and geared towards them. So 
it's good to keep more people liking the vision of Star Trek and the hope and the story that's behind it. Right. Even though it has to be packaged in a little bit more shiny wrapper than we're used to. Yeah. And then we also, I just sent you uh, yesterday some of the photos, unconfirmed photos of the set from Strange New World. And I mean, if yeah. you were an old school Star Trek fan, if like if you were wanting that that actual Star Trek, I think it's coming. I think it's coming in that. Yeah. That looks so yeah. good. It looks very, it looks old school, but very clean and, and yeah. you know, pressed. It is a modern take on our classic old Star Trek set. So I like it. Yeah, that'd be dope. All right, uh, next up, we have Nickelodeon coming out swinging. They're coming out with a game called Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. This is essentially a Smash Brothers clone with the Nick characters. Uh, I, we have so many questions about this, but we'll first go over <laughs> all the characters, okay? I'm going to read these quick. Be ready. Danny Phantom, Sandy Cheeks, Zim from Invader Zim, Nigel Thornberry, which, why did you pick Nigel? Anyways, Michelangelo <laughs> and Leonardo from TMNT, Helga from Hey Arnold, SpongeBob, of course, Patrick Starr, Lincoln from Loud House, Lucy from Loud House, Oblina from All Real Monsters, that's a throwback, Reptar from Rugrats, and Powdered Toastman from Ren and Stimpy also, that's a deep cut. Uh, so th- some other characters that have not been announced, but you can make them out on the box art, is Aang from Avatar The Last Airbender, Korra from The Legend of Korra, Catdog from Catdog, uh, Ren from Ren and Stimpy, and Stimpy from Ren and Stimpy. So we- those characters can be made out on the box art. Uh, first off, I, I kind of think that this thing has the legs to be more popular than Smash Brothers. And I know that's like heresy to say that. <laughs> but I used to work in selling video games. And there were so many parents that would come in and were just like, oh, my kid watches SpongeBob. Let me buy the latest SpongeBob game. Luckily, SpongeBob actually makes pretty decent games. But they would buy it based off of the box art. And now you're bringing in so much nostalgia mixed with new characters from Nickelodeon into one place like this. It has some real going power just from the branding alone. Do you guys think this thing could beat out Smash Brothers? Daniel, what do you think, man? Uh, I don't think it'll beat out Smash Brothers. Yeah. Uh, for us, uh, Frankie, for like our generation, when we grew up watching this, definitely we're going to like definitely buy it, try it out. But this new generation that didn't really experience Nickelodeon back then, I don't think they're going to care for it. Yeah, I think they're just gonna go with Smash because Smash is most popular right now, and uh, yeah, I I don't see it. I I can see people buying it. I just don't see it beating Smash. Yeah, you you want to see more of the newer characters like the Loud House, the two kids from Loud uh, House, more of those newer no. ones. You no, I don't want, I don't want to see any of these new characters in this game, but. I'm happy with Nickelodeon bringing this out because right. I grew up at that time watching these these cartoons. But I'm just saying, like this generation growing up, they haven't experienced Nickelodeon. I don't think they're gonna be a fan of it. No. Okay. What about you, John? What are you thinking? I think it's gonna do great, at least initially. I mean, I think sales are gonna be pretty high. These just just these names on the boxes, like Daniel saying, the younger kids these days don't know, but the younger kids these days don't have money. So <laughs> we, I'm going to buy this for my son because I want him to, yeah. you know, play as whatever Reptar in a fighting game or Danny Phantom or something like that. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I think the adults are going to buy this for their kids, hoping their kids will be impressed with the cartoons they used to watch. Uh, that being said, though, it's all about longevity. I don't think, I think it might have big initial sales, but the, the quality of the game, whether it truly plays as good as Smash Brothers or better, will determine if people keep playing it, if they, if they uh, release updates and new skins and new characters and stuff like that. 
uh, you know, they got to put a lot of money into it long term to to make it a lasting game. So we'll see how they do on that. Yeah, longevity wise, I don't think this thing has a chance because um, Smash Bros has so much tuning because of the esports, and it's so much better on the esports and stuff like that. It's hard to argue that one. But that initial launch, I think, will be quite successful, uh, both nostalgia and new kid stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, personally for myself, like I'm more attached to the Nicktoon characters than I am to the Smash Brothers characters. Like mm-hmm. the Smash Brothers characters, it's it's the main roster, and then all the other roster ads are like, oh, that's cool, that's neat. But like, I think the Nicktoons ads are going to be more important to me. You know, what I'm saying, does that does that ring yeah. true to any of you guys? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, most of the Smash Brothers characters I never played in their original games and stuff too. So, but I've watched yeah. just about every one of these shows. Yeah, actually, the adverse I found about I, I looked into Fire Emblem because of Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. So you know, it actually did the opposite for me, which is interesting. One thing I think would be cool for when they release this is is uh, you know a lot of sales will probably be online, but when you go into the store to buy one, it'd be cool if they made a different box cover for each character. So if yeah, you want to yeah. buy the you know cat dog box cover you get a special cat dog skin with that game so everybody who goes to buy it you, cool. if you're gonna buy it for That's a kid who idea. really likes invader zim <laughs> you're getting the invader zim version of the game for him because it comes with the special invader zim skin which could just oh, be a product man. code inside the package yeah but yeah of course i think that'd be huge for sales that that would be a little that would be dope as hell man <laughs> yeah that'd be really cool because then I'm like, man, because Avatar skins, like, there's going to be so many cool things. There's going to be so many good stuff. That's yeah. good. And, and lay, DLCs is where the money's at. If they could oh, yeah. slowly release more Avatar characters later on, oh, I they would are. buy they them are, all. For sure. They yeah, are definitely, be... they already mentioned that there's more to come. So yeah. that's, and we'll talk about that next, actually. Um, who do you want to see added to this game out of the Nick world? What do you think of Daniel? I want to see Grandpa Phil from Hey Arnold. <laughs> oh man, could you imagine? <laughs> with his like didn't he have like a cane the whole time? He's like whacking people with that cane. And then like grandma would be funny too yeah. in there. <laughs> she she come in for the assist, you know, like in Smash Bros. they have the yeah. ultimate. She comes in like ranting about something. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. Well, she's always like doing that same thing or like diving in and attacking people and stuff like that. So it would be kind of cool to see her <laughs> like do a finisher. Finisher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she does a power slam. I got a list. So Angelica from <laughs> Rugrats. She'd nice. be great because yeah. imagine she'd have like a scream attack. And then uh, there's an episode where she has a giant version of her doll. I think it was a dream. Her yeah. doll, Cynthia. Uh, so I imagine she could summon giant Cynthia and she comes in and storms in like a doll, just like hits you and runs off. But, yeah. Um, so that'd be cool. And, and Helica, Angry Beavers would be great. Fairly odd parents. I'd love to see Cosmo and Wanda That's play as a team, list. play yeah. as a pair. Like, uh, what are those? There's two little Eskimo characters in. Um, and uh, Smash, Smash Brothers. Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, something like that would be kind of cool. Uh, and then, I don't remember his name, but the kid from Chalk Zone. Imagine how creative you could be with Chalk oh, Zone. My, number one on my list. Yeah, his oh, name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, his That'd name so, is you, Rudy. There you go. Draw a sword, and then all of a sudden you got a big sword, and then you draw yeah. a hole in the ground, and you could disappear and come through a portal somewhere. Like, it'd be a lot of fun to have him. That's my number one on my list. That would be so creative. They got right. a lot of things they could do with that one. And that's a good show, yeah. actually. Yeah, it is. Uh, it was an underrated show for sure. It was, yeah. I'm gonna add to yours, John. Then Mr. Crocker from uh, Fairly Odd Parents, because remember uh, how he's he's always hunting down the the, the fairies, and he's always got like weird gadgets, and so those yeah. weird gadgets would be a lot of fun to mess with. He's like a, a homegrown Batman. Yeah, yeah. He's like yeah, a real bad Batman. Uh, <laughs> and then Mr. Crab's daughter Pearl, because mm-hmm. like while she's fighting, first off, she'd be a bigger character like Reptar. So you have to have bigger characters, kind of like you would like Bowser, you know, with Smash Brothers. But her one-liners would be great because she's always funny with those one-liners where she's like this like big whale that's like i have to fit a dress for prom like she's yelling that <laughs> while she's like attacking somebody i would like i love that so yeah. um i think that'd be really dope 
Uh, do you think Disney could do this? And if so, would they be more successful? I think that would be a cash cow if they could do this with Disney. Really, Disney owns so much different content now. You can throw in Star Wars now. So it's like, oh, that's God. a whole nother game that you're yeah. building. And Marvel, you do they're set for fighting. And yeah. Yeah. It's just too, it's so much. You maybe have to pick a, a version of the game or a character class or something like that because it would just be so wide that there's just too much to choose from. Yeah. The debate of whether or not Nickelodeon will be more successful than Smash Brothers would not happen with Disney. Disney mm-hmm. would be more successful than Smash Brothers because the roster yeah. is just unbeatable and the money behind it, you know, it's crazy. All right. Uh, we have Final Fantasy 14 is currently booming. This is pretty nuts right now. And Daniel, I, have, I want some input from you, man. So uh, Final Fantasy 14 actually sold out of digital copies this week on Steam, which is pretty, pretty crazy because it's a digital item. Uh, they also stopped new character creation uh, momentarily uh, because the servers were being searched by new players. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV has hit 58 concurrent players last week. That's a new high. And they've been consistently staying around 50k since then. Uh, in recent years, the developers over at Square Enix has really been pushing it out on social media um, and making it really big. Now, Daniel, you're a player of Final Fantasy XIV, correct? Uh, not like a, a serious player of Final yeah. Fantasy XIV. I just get into it and then I have no friends. So then I'm like, mm, I'm done. <laughs> That's boy. That <laughs> statement alone is sad. Jesus, uh, have you been noticing that the, uh, there's more people on lately? Nah, because I'm I'm doing like only I'm just leveling right now, so I'm not doing all that active stuff. But I did hear about all this, and I don't know if you heard that Asthma Gold. Oh, I'm well aware of that asshole. Yes, I'm familiar yeah. with Asthma Gold. <laughs> and I, I'm curious if he's like part of the reason why, like. He it he is. Hit. He's part of the surge part. He is part of the surge part. Yeah, him and Bellular are both like fanboys. I, I, heard, I heard when he first uh, finally went to Final Fantasy fourteen. he had like 200,000 views on Twitch or something two, like that. No, 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 no. Let me correct you. No? Two million views. Oh, shoot. Yeah. It, was, it was a record for him. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I'm, I think he played a, a big part in it. He did. He did. And that's what I'm wondering if, if this has got staying power or if it was just a fad with Asmogold. Um, do you think this game will be able to I, keep I, all these new view, new players? Uh, yes, I do. I believe that they could keep all these new players, especially uh, like, like the reason everybody plays it is because of the story. Right. Even though I did not follow the story at fucking all. Um, really? Oh, wow. I usually get oh, the opposite yeah, yeah, for people. They're always like, oh, I love the story, but I don't care about anything else. That's funny. Nah, I, I didn't really follow it. I just wanted to just level. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think I fo- followed more WoW than Final Fantasy. Yeah. I need to like just like watch all the, the clips on YouTube or something just to follow the story. Do you think that it... So World of Warcraft has ca- clearly been stumbling, right? It was a nine-month uh, yeah, hiatus yeah. without any new patches or anything like that due to COVID or whatever. Um, but still, it's nine months without new content, right? So do you think that WoW can pull these players back? Uh, not with their latest patch. Yeah, there's. No I doubt. think I think the only way they're gonna get people back is a brand new expansion. Yeah, more hype. I think a lot of people felt disappointed. Uh, dis- disappointed with the PVPing, like oh, for the sure. active active PVPing, like just mm-hmm. going around just killing people. Um, 
I I don't I don't think they're gonna pull anybody back right now, uh, especially with. Uh, did you like this patch? Are you having? Are you enjoying yourself in this patch? I am enjoying myself in this patch, but I have noticed actually, uh, matter of fact, just like the last couple of days, that I am not playing like I normally play. Like normally with World of Warcraft, when you play it, you log in in the morning. You, but well, it's hard because the podcast takes a lot of my time, so I write articles every day for our website, right? But normally, like, after I get those articles done, I hop on for an hour real quick to get my dailies done or just hop into a dungeon real fast, something like that. And there are times where I'm just like, after I'm done doing my articles or whatever in the morning, I go on to do something else in the day and I don't necessarily hop on a while as religiously mm. as I normally do. So it's clearly not as hooked into me as normal. And I think that's the case for others as well. Yeah, I, honestly, I just feel like just another intense grind, especially you got Torghast and then you now you got the new zone that you have to work on. Yeah, of course you. Uh, more freaking uh, mythic pluses. Gotta get better gear. Just another intense grind. And the the uh, now I kind of remember what I was gonna say. It's the new expansion is releasing Endwalkers on uh, November twenty third. Okay. So I definitely think if people play the story and are enjoying the story, I definitely think people are going to stick with the game. Yeah. There is a lot of content in that game, and it's not as intense as World of Warcraft. That's why I enjoy it. I was hearing that. For a lot of people that are going from WoW, that are like Mythic Raiders and stuff like that from WoW, they, they complain that Final Fantasy is too slow. Do you feel like that's the case? Like like Because the GCD over there is two and a half seconds versus the one and a half in WoW. Uh, it definitely is a lot slower. Like, combat definitely slower. Uh, I just, I was more enjoying it just due to the fact like the community is yeah. like older days, like friendlier. If you're a noob, they understand and they're cool with it. Okay. That, that's what I like about it. But yes, the cooldowns on your abilities are just horrible. <laughs> uh, but one cool thing is you, you make one character and he could play every single class. I do love that. I gotta admit, that is something I wish I would have would have done you early just on. Make one character, and that's your main character, and that's that's why I liked about World of Warcraft back then. It makes your account worth more money, or that character worth more money, because it's yeah. like all your stuff, all your achievements are on that one character. Do you feel? Because this is gonna sound stupid to many, but I feel kind of guilty not playing WoW and going on to another MMO in a way. Do you feel any sort of guilt in doing that, or? Or do you feel upset? Like, I don't think you do because you're actually already over there. But do you feel upset when you hear news about World of Warcraft stumbling and Final Fantasy doing well? Uh, no, I, I just like, well, that's their own fault. Yeah. You know, they're just, they're hungry for money. WoW's been hungry for money. They're not listening to the fans or when they do, they just, they just add the worst things that the fans wanted. Right. And, um. I, I, I honestly wish like all you guys would actually just play Final Fantasy right yeah. now and then get away from WoW and then maybe you guys could see because I, I feel like right now, Taff, you're not really a hardcore like I got to get my Mythic Pluses, right? Yeah, I do them. I, I do my Mythic Pluses, but I don't do them like I do like maybe yeah, one or two it. every couple of days, like not like normally. Yeah. Like, back in the day, it was like five a day, you know, hardcore. Yeah. Nothing like that. See, like Final Fantasy would be good too. Like. You got hard modes and stuff for boss fights and stuff, but you don't have that intense like, oh, I gotta do all these mythic pluses, you know. I I have tried before to play Final Fantasy and just couldn't get into it. 
I'm not necessarily a JRPG fan, so that's that's one big downside for me playing it. But I do think it is only a smart move, just podcast wise alone, to give it a second ch- uh, chance right now while it's still trending. Um, we we actually have a level up in development for this game. Uh, it'll come out this month. Working with Kyle from Pushing Buttons, um, and I it, that is actually a good time as well for me to kind of just dip my toes back into it. And uh, it's I, Kyle playing it. Kyle Kyle plays it hardcore. Yeah, you have a friend playing it, Daniel. Oh shit! <laughs> and by the way, guys, them. if if you guys want to be Daniel's friend and play Final Fantasy, with I know I need the, friends. Join Daniel. It's free Carry to me. play. Like the trial is is like what level sixty and the first expansion, right? It's huge. The trial. I didn't even try the trial. I just bought it. Yeah, I'm no, a, I, I bought it a long time ago. I'm a sucker. <laughs> and it's crazy. Well, it is the same price for active subscription too. As well. Yeah. So, so but you guys could do the trial. Try it out. Um, I think it is like up to the first expansion. So that's pretty. That's a pretty massive trial compared to like World of Warcraft, which is level twenty. You don't get yeah. nothing at level twenty. There's no, you're not experiencing the game at all. Um, so give it a shot, guys. It's sixty gigs of download. Clearly, I've been looking into it because I know that at sixty gigs of download, it's not too bad. Um, and see what the craze is about. I mean, the game has put its money where its mouth is, and it's been reinvesting into the game. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll we have a level up coming on it, and we'll discuss this and and of course an hour long in depth analysis, uh, and that'll be coming up yeah. in the next couple of weeks. So. Well, one thing that I like about it too is like the the guys, the team that's working on Final Fantasy, they actually listen to the fans. Yeah, that's like one that's a huge thing about that game is like they'll actually listen to what people are saying and like add new stuff to it. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. I mean, World of Warcraft has been stumbling in that department. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Yeah. All right, moving on to the next thing here. Netflix is coming to the gaming world. Uh, it will be a new category coming to Netflix starting next year, early next year. That'll um, be your video games category. And what they'll do is they'll stream content out much like Google Stadia or Xbox uh, xCloud. Um, they've already hired uh, Oculus's and EA's Mike Verdu to start developing their games or their, their game platform. Um, Netflix, of course, has a lot of competition out there. HBO Max killing it. Disney Plus killing it. Hulu's always been there. Can this give them the edge, Jonathan, over their competition? I think this is going to be huge. I think this is going to uh, fight with the with Nintendo and compete for uh, players that use um, the all well, the Switch and like the Wii and all that stuff. Uh, whatever the newest Nintendo system is, I'm so out of date. Um, <laughs> it's a Switch OLED. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, because you can dock it with your yeah. Uh, so, cause this is, is perfect for children. I mean, I don't expect anyone's going to get on their Netflix account and play Call of Duty or, you know, WoW or something big and heavy like that, but just a, uh, you know, platform, whatever you call it, scroller game, yeah. you know, Mario or something like that. When you have little kids in the house and they're bouncing off the walls, you know, and they don't want to sit long enough to watch Frozen or, or a cartoon even. But you want an easy game for them to play. You don't want to go out and buy a three or four or five hundred dollar console for them to play a simple little game that should be, you know, relatively cheap. But if there's a cheap and easy to access option with a wide library and you know, all you got to do is buy a controller to go with your TV, then I think that's a no brainer. I think that's going to be huge. Now, I really hope this doesn't mean Netflix is putting a bunch of resources into games and their TV and movie uh, quality is going to drop because they have. Great original movies, great original shows, and I want to see that 
being maintained still while they put extra resources into this too. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine them dropping the ball on those just because it, that's such a staple. Like if all of a sudden the next Witcher or Stranger Things was bad because of a new video game system, they would have a riot on their hands. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're right there. The casual gamer, this is a perfect place for them. Um, they already, they make games like Stranger Things and stuff like that has their own games that's available on all your consoles. Um, and then they brought on Minecraft Story Mode, which you played a bit of that. They brought mm -hmm. that onto the Switch back in 2018 because that game doesn't need to have a controller, essentially, right? You're just making decisions the whole time. Um, but there has been a leaker, Steve Mos Moser, uh, who has found um, some data mine stuff showing a partnership between Sony and Netflix. So now all of a sudden you're going from casual gamer to some serious gamers. In this partnership, what it would do is let you use PlayStation 5's controller on your Netflix, which is nuts, and access to the PlayStation account specifically, and we're not talking just like random basic games, specifically Ghost of Tsushima was found, which is one of their most high-end games out right now. You could play that possibly through Netflix. Now, that is all through a leaker, so we don't have any confirmation on this part. What are you thinking, Jonathan? Could this be like, I mean, this is a big title. This is a big partnership. Yeah, I just don't know how well something, that a, a big game like that would just stream. I know Stadia, you know, was was trying for that, and it's just, I, maybe, we're, maybe we'll get there, maybe we're there already. I just, I think small games would play just fine, but I think a big game like that would be hard to stream, but I could be wrong. Hopefully they have, you know, the ability to do it, and they'll prove us wrong. They're hey, I want to be the negative guy right now. All right, Daniel, fire away. Bye. Let's see what the negatives are. It kind of upsets me right now them doing this you know why guys <laughs> why is that you know why because i'm already paying 15 dollars a month how much more am i gonna have to fucking pay to have this this fucking stupid thing oh i want to play video games on my netflix or uh let's see i could just buy the game you know why not just do that <laughs> or instead of paying 25 dollars a freaking month and i don't I already don't even watch netflix because I'm still waiting for like Stranger Things and stuff like that. What now? I'm gonna have a video game. Now I'm gonna have to have to cancel my subscription when uh, Stranger Things is done and uh, The Witcher season two is done. Because I'm not gonna pay more for a fucking video game Netflix. Aren't you on Sorry. my Netflix account? <laughs> Just... No, I, no, I got my own. You got your own now? Okay, I know you have one. Yeah, yeah I, I know I, you have a no, profile I've got online my own for like five years. Oh, okay, so nobody's using that extra pro. I'm gonna change that profile to somebody else then. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know yeah, it's full yeah. of anime. <laughs> I know I've that. had it forever. Yeah. Uh, so currently, we have confirmation that it will be at no additional cost, but we know Netflix they like to raise that price. So there may be a day where they do increase the price, but right now it's a no yeah. Additional the, cost. As soon as they sign a deal with Sony, yeah, they will increase that fucking price. And that's why I'm just like, I'm cool with the, what John was saying, like make it family friendly games. Just like, like when people are coming over, they could just hop on, play like a little random game. Mario Party uh, would be fantastic table, on this. whatever. Yeah. Something like that. That's cool. But as soon as they start adding like games like Cyberpunk, Ghost of Tsushima. Death Stranding. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's when it's going to be like, oh, okay, well, we're increasing our price to $25 a month. Yeah. But you're going to get all these games, even though I didn't want to play them this whole fucking time. Yeah. It, it's just too valuable to not increase the price is, is, yeah. is, is the hard part. Like, yeah, if it, if it was a bunch of the smaller games, 
indie games or whatever, then okay, yeah, that's cool. You guys are adding them. That's a cool little bonus thing. But when you're adding the likes of like, yeah, like you're saying, Ghost of Tsushima and stuff like that, that's too much. That's too good of a deal. <laughs> I'm okay with them like making it like, oh, pay extra five bucks or ten bucks. Yeah. And you get this. But a side if they thing. put yeah. it, yeah, a side thing, that's okay. But these sons of bitches aren't gonna do that. <laughs> these sons of bitches well, aren't gonna do that. Do you do you think for an extra ten dollars a month they would give you all of their top selling games like Ghost of Tsushima? You could play as much as you want. If they sign up for Sony, I think they'll make it a little bit more. That's like a ga- that's like a Game Pass, but you get all the Sony games. I think that's I don't think that's gonna be an option for them. That's way too much they're giving up. I think either you know you if if they were to do that, you have to do a bigger Netflix package where you pay you know 49 a month or whatever and your family has unlimited games because that's including unlimited games that'd be a gamer and, package yeah and the netflix package uh, too already yeah yeah, yeah. but it, it's gonna be like it's gonna be kind of like the microsoft store you can't get every single game on your pc it's only gonna be certain games i think it, right, that's what it's right. gonna be yeah so i think it would be you you know have a regular netflix and then you can have a library of free games that you can play anytime you want simple cheap games that you know they turn out real easy and then for an addition, you you would pay the Sony full price probably for any of the other games that you want the to play. The brand new titles. Through that, yeah, yeah that through sense. that platform. I could see something like that. That is how Stadia works. Stadia has like the free games, and then when a new game comes out, you buy the actual game itself, and then you just play it on Stadia. So that yeah. makes sense. And it, it would link to your you know Sony account probably, and you could play it on whatever systems you have, to, you know, maybe on your PlayStation 2. Uh, after talking ah. to Daniel, though, I just know I'm going to be paying more for this shit now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they already increase our price every freaking year. Like, oh, we yeah, no, we talk we, about it every time we're too. increasing. It's just like, okay, well, here goes my fucking goddamn pocket again. Because there's a lot of competition fucking... out there, though. So yeah, yeah, know. but the well, the, right now the competition's just mainly about streaming movies and stuff. So are, is Hulu gonna start developing well, this? I, I will start... say, I, I watch Hulu far more than Netflix. I, I mean, I, I would, I would argue Hulu is my main one, honestly. Um, I may be alone in that, but I just think that because it has a lot more other stuff I want, and it's a lot more of actual sh- like Netflix shows, um, and their originals are great too. You know, Castle Rock and Handmaid's Tale and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the competition will take advantage of this and be just like, hey, you can go to freaking Amazon Prime for cheaper, and you get Prime shipping, or Disney Plus, and we have Loki. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. You yeah. Know? So we'll see. This this is a big shakeup for Netflix. We'll have to see what happens. It's it's huge. But it's kind of like, I don't want to pay more. I'm already tired of them upping my subscription every year. Yeah. And until the until the uh, audience starts voicing their opinion and actually cancel subscriptions, you know, which I haven't canceled mine in years, they, they, won't, they won't hear us. So. All right. Next, we have uh, the last bit of major. Well, yeah. Anyways, last next we have uh, Steam Deck has been revealed. This is a hand. They're calling a handheld PC. Uh, it's made by Valve, the guys that make, you know, that does all the Steam con- stuff and, all, you know, classic games like that, Portal and stuff. They keep showing Portal on this thing, which is the selling point to me. <laughs> you guys pitch <laughs> right. it with Portal. I'm hooked. Um, the Steam Deck, basically the stats, we'll just, I mean, if you guys want the full stats, we have it on our website, but just, it's a mid-range gaming PC, essentially. It has solid um, CPU, GPU, and RAM. Uh, it will run a Steam operating system that's able to play all of your, well, I'm sorry, Majority of your Steam library, I guess there are a couple that it won't play. Um, it can upload third-party systems, and I've actually heard that you could play Epic games on there too if you do it that way, um, and even Game Pass. So it really does open up a lot because it is straight up a PC in your hands. 
Uh, the starting price is $400. There's also going to be a 530 and a 650 edition. Pre-orders sold out right away. I even tried to pre-order just for the sake of just pre-ordering it. You never know if I'll get it or not because it comes out in December. The pre-orders was a mess. The website kept crashing, yada, yada, yada. So I couldn't get a pre-order, but a lot of people are getting this thing. Uh, do you see the value in this, Jonathan? Because I, I will say that amongst our like podcast community, a lot of the like stay-at-home dads were so fanatic about this. They're like, it's PC gaming, but I can watch the kids or I don't have to be super committed to it. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I actually did pre-order the 650 one, the 512. Oh, you gig. did? Wow, nice. I, did, yeah, I, got, <laughs> I was watching videos on it uh, last night. I was like, yep, I'm going to get it. It's, it's my birthday present or my Christmas present to myself or something like that. Because uh, that's pricey, but yeah. no, Awesome. It looks really cool. I watched a bunch of videos on it. but Guess who's doing the uh, review for us? <laughs> right? Because, yeah, like I, I like playing games, but if I'm sitting here at my computer totally engaged, it's great to be totally engaged in a game. But I also got a baby crying in another room. And I need to keep an eye on him. So, you know, if we're able to bring that game, you know, with with me and we could be sitting by the pool or, you know, if he's, I don't know, wherever we're at, we're with family or something like that. I could bust it out for 20 minutes in a waiting room and, you know, get a little more, squeeze a little more time out of my life and in, in gaming like I like. Yeah. And I will say uh, you could actually hook up the peripherals to this thing. You can even hook it up to a monitor, a keyboard and a mouse and use it as a straight up PC, too. So there is a lot to that. Um, yeah, the, that, that ability to kind of like not be hardcore stuck to your PC while you're playing a PC game is really cool. Uh, mm -hmm. Is there any particular game that you're looking forward to actually getting your hands on now that you could play it mobile? Uh, I would I'd probably just continue the same ones. But like you're saying, Portal would be, I like seeing that it's advertised right with Portal 2. Uh, I think that'd probably be the first one I play. I am kind of excited with the design to see how it works because I'm not typically a fan of mobile games at all. Mm -hmm. uh, but the fact that it has two joysticks, two D-pads, and the two mouse pads on the sides, the two, you yeah. know, touch pads, and it's all touch screen. So I feel like that plus the, I think it has eight buttons on the back, two top and two bottom on both sides. That gives you uh, so much more control over what you're doing. And it's all assignable. You can, you know, uh, make buttons do different things. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think with that much engagement, especially the fine-tuned touch of the mouse pad, I think it'll be a lot more like like using your pc for for games rather than uh the switch or older you know handheld systems i can't believe you got a pre-order man i i was trying but i had no luck that's awesome it might be because i got the 650 one the, yeah. the cheaper ones probably sold out right away yeah i was gonna go for the one with the 250 because i was like okay the the 650 one has 64 gigabytes or, mm -hmm. i'm sorry the 400 one has 64 gigabytes there are like you can't download call of duty on that thing like there are games yeah. that are above that that size alone so I was thinking like the 256 is a sweet spot, but yeah, I mean the 512 shit, that's great. Yeah, I, I do agree. If you're going to get it, you should at least get the 256 because that's four times the storage for only $120 more and it's upgraded uh, memory speed. So yeah. that's totally worth it right there. Yeah. Have they said that it's, uh, it has the USB ports that you could connect like a small mouse? And it, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it has a SD port so you can expand your storage if you wanted to with micro SD card. Okay. Because I was like myself thinking uh, when I was like trying to figure out the question, uh, if I would buy over a Switch. Um, the gaming me back then when I was playing Ark, yeah, I definitely would have definitely purchased this, especially when Ark is one of those games you cannot log out. <laughs> you gotta be you there, die. buddy. We're being invaded so, by rock dogs. <laughs> you sit down next yeah, to the shower while you're so taking you, a shower just so you can keep an eye on it. 
So you just like connect into the switch. You don't have to, especially taming dinos back then were insane. Yeah, so 12 it's like, hour sessions, man. That's why it would have been amazing to have this. Uh, and I want to know Final Fantasy 14, Big MMO. I'm It'll wondering. Definitely play on this. It's that's just, why I'm like, yeah. shoot. Like, I kind of want to buy it because it would be awesome, especially like I don't have to be on my PC, just play Final Fantasy 14. That being I said, will the Warcraft play on this as well? So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's basically everything you want. Daniel, you can take this out in the booth. Nobody will notice. Oh, could you imagine if you could play this at work? You know how much glass is going to get screwed up at Carnal? Blame it on QC. He's not paying attention for an hour. But it says that you could play two to eight hours. Yeah, the battery life is the weak point right there. Yeah, Two to eight hour battery life, depending on what you're doing. The Switch's battery life is four and a half, to give you guys kind of an idea of where this one sits. Okay, then it's not horrible. But if it is two hours, that's if it, they said four to eight, okay. But yeah. two day, now mm-hmm. I'm like, is it gonna have the same issue that like iPhones have that batteries just gonna start running draining and then all of a sudden you're only getting an hour? They, oh, I'd so, like to know too if the battery yeah. can be replaced. Like if your battery yeah. starts to fail, like an old cell phone, you could take it out, and put in a yeah. new one. I wonder if that's too hard to do. Uh, yeah, yeah okay. I, I would presume that. They, it can be replaced at some point, just like laptops are replaced all the time. And then, yeah, the battery life really depends on the game. So they were saying that for portals, because they, they use in portals too as an example, uh, they said that would last four hours, um, which is which is pretty good. That's that's what I'm wanting is four to five hours. Um, I would guess that Cyberpunk is the two buck two hours. Like it's going to be those fat games like Cyberpunk, the brand new ones. But if you're playing like Batman Arkham, a little bit older game, that one probably lasts you know six hours, something like that, something mm-hmm. something a little more easier. Stardew Valley, you probably get the full eight, you know. So it depends on the game you're playing. Yeah. Sounds like we got a couple uh purchasers. Yeah, I'm I'm excited John's got it just because I was like, I'm hoping somebody we know gets this thing so we can review. You guys yeah. pre order it too. It's only five bucks to pre order it. So if you decide you I don't want to buy it, you know, I tried five to. Bucks to I'll, I'll try again. If it's still available in any of the three versions, I'll get that pre order. Because yeah. I tried to. And the pre orders right now are I saw somebody selling it for five thousand dollars on eBay. Oh dang. Yeah. yeah, pre-order it just so you can sell your pre-order. But it's linked we to your Steam account. That's the that. hard part. Wink, oh, wink. yeah, we don't do that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> don't do that. That ruins the market. Ruins the five industry. Bucks. I, I bet $5 that Sammy has a ton oh, of these God. already pre-ordered. <laughs> so they, they actually, I was reading, they have a way to prevent that, though. They were pretty smart with this. You have to have a Steam account that's established yeah. that you have purchased a game before uh, July of 2021. So you have mm-hmm. to have an account which you've already purchased a Steam game on to be able to reserve your Steam Deck. And I'm pretty sure the account gets linked when you buy, you know, when you, when you pre-order, yeah. it gets linked. And once you buy it, I'm sure it's still linked. So people can't be passing these around very easily. That's got to be the highest selling point to me at this thing because my Steam library is thick. Because the sales, mm-hmm. the, the sales I'm buying games for five bucks here and there that are normally $60 all the time. So it's like, Damn, that library is tempting. I mean, yeah. God, so many. For, for me, it's the free games. When I see a free game that the picture or the name looks good, I'll click the button. <laughs> yeah, I'll go ahead and just let me just add that to the list. It's not taking up any memory on my computer. It's oh, in a server man. somewhere. Fuck it, Johnson, this clickbait. <laughs> uh, someday, if I'm in a waiting room for whatever reason and I get bored, then hey, just pop this yeah. thing out and try out one of these you know games that I bought or got for free three years ago. That's the same thing with the Epic Store. Every Thursday is the free games on Epic, and yeah. I, I religiously click on those. Oh, yeah. I'll try to pre-order, John. We'll see. You might not be alone on this. All right. 
All right, we're going to go through, uh, we have a comic book roundup. We like to do these every so often just to kind of keep you guys up to date on some of the new comic books that are coming out. We're going to be doing DC today, and we'll go over these pretty quick. All right, so Batman 89 is coming out August 10th. Again, we've talked about this in the past, but this is Batman based off of the 1989 movies. So the Michael Keaton Batman. With that art style, that got them everything. Uh, they revealed that they have some variant comic books coming out. And what's cool is it's different variants for different comic book shops. So if there's a couple comic book shops near you, go to each one of them and check out what comic book variant they got because you might get a different color for each one. So it's a cool way to kind of like tour your local comic book shops. And I really thought that was neat. Um, they all look amazing. There is one that is inspired by Jim Lee's famous Batman drawings uh, that I, I that is a must purchase for myself. Uh, this whole franchise is really cool. We're actually going to get like um, Billy D. Williams version of Two-Face like from the from the actual movies. And stuff like that. It's going to be really cool to see these kind of Batmans. Um, and I'm a sucker for Batman. We also have a couple. We'll just go over a couple more Batman things we have here. There's a brand new Batman series coming out in October. Uh, called. It, we have a lot of October releases. Because this time of year they start releasing the October news. Called Batman the Imposter. It's early days in his career. Like year two. A second Batman pops up. And this guy's cool with murdering criminals. So then you have Batman who's trying to fight crime. And stop another Batman who's out there killing people. So that's pretty nuts. That's going to be a good franchise or a good one to get into. And it's a mini series. It's like 10 issues. So check that out, guys. And then we have Batman, the long Halloween special. So the long Halloween classic Batman story, really fantastic. And is actually the inspiration for the upcoming Batman movie with uh, Robert Pattinson. They have a sequel to this franchise coming up. That's going to delve deeper into the world of like noir investigation, detective and mystery. That's all in that version of Gotham. So it's going to be really fantastic. Are you guys looking forward to reading any of these Batman comic books? I'm looking forward to the movie. <laughs> now, <laughs> I'd like to read. Yeah. I have comics that I haven't read yet. That's the problem. Yeah. And I, I always, I have a bad habit of just buying a couple issues that look really good, but I don't want to read a single issue. I want to read the whole arcing story, oh, I um, which I'm really bad about. But knowing that in October, a new story is coming out, it's actually the perfect time to get in. So yeah. I might have to get in on these. I can't suggest doing these miniseries enough, Jonathan. Like, like mm -hmm. for example, the Super Sons that I'm reading right now. It's only seven issues. And then after that, it's yeah. done. But then you get that whole story, you know, like you're saying. That's a good yeah. way to do it. Um, also, Comixology got my money again. I resubbed to the Comixology. Just because it's such a... It's so hard to, like, fill in back catalog. Like, I want to read all the Thors and stuff like that. It's hard to fill in the ones that you missed. So, it's the way to do it. It's, like, five bucks a month. You can't pass that up. And um, through them, can you buy the actual issues at, like, a discount or something? You can. You can actually oh, okay. buy the actual issues. The digital version and I think the physical copies too. But that's basically through Amazon because Amazon bought Comixology. Um, wow. So it links to your that. Amazon account and everything like that. It is pretty nice. And they're real readable and they have like the panel by panel on some of the comics which is even better reading. So it, it's something that I tried to avoid because I was like, oh, I want to make sure to only support my local comic book shop. But it works so well in tandem where like the comic book shop's got my pull list but the comics mm -hmm. that they can't get I mean, I'll just watch, I'll just read the digital version. You know, and I'd rather like there are other ways of reading digital comic books that are you know, fraudulent. I'd rather make sure that at least the money goes to the comic book comic, uh, industry and help support mm -hmm. everybody a little bit. But yeah, they got me. <laughs> um, OK, and then there's a new event coming up that I'm so excited for called DC vs. Vampires. If you guys are familiar with the zombies events that both DC and Marvel did, like the undead. Um, it'll be similar to that. A vampire is on the loose in the DC world and he eventually infects a superhero um, and then that superhero, it spreads. And so then it becomes like the whole world is being consumed by vampires 
and the Justice League, what is left of it, is trying to fight off vampires and stuff like that. So, uh, from the art that we've gotten so far, the three superheroes that we know fall to the vampires is Batman, Wonder Woman, and Harley Quinn are all become vampires and are hunting out, hunting down other superheroes. These are always just a lot of fun, like the world's falling apart kind of comic books. Uh, the zombie events were really good. Who do you think would be a really good vampire superhero? I know this is off the top of your guys' heads. Um, no. I think va- I think Batman was built for this, so I think he's going to be really good. But who else would be like really leaning into this? I think Flash. He you don't see oh, him coming. Yeah. He he will just bite a million people a minute, kind of thing. So <laughs> he'd be the yeah, worst. Yeah, I think it's over at that point. Yeah. Turn. <laughs> Though I mean, is there any side effects to being you know a vampire? Yeah, I guess. I mean, faster, won't be out, I would assume. <laughs> can't be out in the sun. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be even faster. Yeah. Uh, won't won't have to stop to eat. I like the idea that you're just like standing in Walmart and all of a sudden like, oh, what was that? <laughs> yeah. But everybody <laughs> all, all at once gets bit <laughs> pretty much. Damn, that's a good one. Any, you got any ideas there, Daniel? Uh, I was thinking like Superman would be kind of cool to see too. Yeah. Uh, Especially because he has the sun that he has to soak up. Yeah. Ooh. And then would that make him lose his superpowers and be a normal vampire? Yeah. Because he can't be in the sun. Might that's be, insane. huh? How weak would he get? God damn. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, if you want to see... That's a whole nother story. <laughs> it is, yeah. The Red Sun Superman. The, the Superman well, I mean, from, from that at that point, would, would the vampire be immune to the sun, though? Flashpoint. That's the one. Uh, oh, maybe it'd work in reverse. Maybe it'd strengthen yeah. that way. God, he'd be Daywalker, like Blade. Yeah. yeah. So I imagine Blade has to come into these, right? Blade's a DC... No, uh, he's Marvel. So Blade's Marvel. Oh. I know. Marvel's set up for this. DC has vampires. Actually, they have straight up Dracula. But um, yeah, it, it's Marvel that does a really great job of vampires. So I'm excited to see what DC does. The zombie and undead, because it's zombies for Marvel, I think it was, and everything was called undead for, um, but they were both zombies, uh, were awesome. I mean, it was this thing where it's like Batman and Ivy are trying to find a way to stop the zombie apocalypse. Oh, it's just so freaking cool. And so to see them do another one of these events is really badass because it's just like, it's a one-off, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that from here on out, you know, people are vampires. But it's just a one-off to see, like, what would you do? You know, who does well with this and stuff? It's just really, really fun. And would they usually bring in, like, Zatanna action? and stuff like that. So it's a lot of cool. What's that, Daniel? Would you want to see a live action? Oh, hell yeah. This would be a mm-hmm. cool, like, Halloween special. Like, this would be a lot of fun. This would be good. Uh, okay, last thing we'll mention real quick, comic book roundup. Wonder Woman 80th anniversary is coming soon. Uh, they're going to be doing all kinds of cool special things. One of the things that they're doing is they're starting a brand new series, limited series, where it's Wonder Woman going through the world and actually spotlighting real life women heroes that were inspired by wonder woman so um or living up to wonder woman ideals the amazonians are getting their from themiscara are getting their own comic book franchises and stuff like that for this and then of course we have the the big series where they're going to be going around uh, spotlighting different women so check that out guys wonder woman turning is 80th anniversary freaking cool uh i know for batman they did a lot of things like that if you're a funko pop collector it's a good time to jump in on that um but yeah so that's our comic book roundup. All kinds of cool stuff coming in the comic book world. I gotta right. say too, I like your uh, comic book TikToks. I like all the Geek Freaks TikToks, but uh, yeah. I think especially the comic book ones are pretty pretty clean. Those do the best, dude. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not I'm not real professional with the other ones. I try to go too professional with the other ones at first, and I was like, it takes a lot of time for me to do this. And I'm like, they're getting the same amount of likes as me just like looking at the camera talking about the article I just written. So I might as well just do that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, those comic book ones do the best, and the yeah. they're pretty clean. It's flashy. All right, we're going to go ahead and go into our Loki review. Daniel stepped out. 
We're going to be talking about Loki as a whole, the entire series. So, spoiler filled, guys. Get the hell out. Thank you for joining us, but you don't want the spoilers, trust me. Um, let's start off with that finale. I think it's really important to introduce the fact of what this what this has introduced to the MCU. We now have the multiverse because the branches are everywhere. The TVA has failed and Sylvie really screwed things up. And we also have a big new villain, Kang the Conqueror. How do you think Jonathan Majors did as Kang in that final episode? I thought it was pretty good. I think it could have been better. Uh, he really? didn't. He, yeah, I don't know. It, it didn't really. I don't know how to say it. It, it didn't in, inspire emotion. It didn't really make me afraid of him. He just seemed kind of. I mean, I get his character was uh, not scared in the situation. It wasn't demanding power. He knew he was going to die. He was the good version of himself, and or the best option, the or better version of himself. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'll be back. If you really want to go this route, you know, it's going to happen. I'll, I'll, I'll be back. Um, so I get that he wasn't supposed to be super serious, but I thought it was just okay. I, I feel like he could have been better. I really liked him because that overconfidence that he had and, and it just kind of because he knew literally everything. And mm-hmm. um, I just really liked that in him. I liked the idea of, uh, you know, kind of like when he passed the threshold and he's like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen now. The first thing he did is he picked up a ball and dropped it just to see which way it would go. Just because it was mm-hmm. like something he didn't know. And mm-hmm. um, I think Jonathan Majors, personally, I think he killed it. Uh, that that wink at the end, the whole, um, I'll see you later. And he winked and it's like, oh man, he will. Oh, you mm-hmm. will definitely see him later. Um, some of the things he did, because they let him like kind of ad lib that part where he's talking to Loki and Sylvie, uh, climbing up on the desk. They did not expect that to happen. He started, he stood up and he noticed the cameras followed him when he did that. Then he's like, let's see how far they follow me. And he just stood up on the desk and they were just like, yes, that's perfect. So (laughs) I did like the fact that they kind of let him play around a lot. And he, to me, I I was, I was worried about Kane the Conqueror joining the MCU because he's a little bit out there, which they've always nailed it whenever they go out there. But Jonathan Majors has reassured me that no, 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 this is a good choice. He'll actually do a really good job with this. Um, And then we saw after the thing, he is going to be actually Kane the Conqueror, the worst version of himself. Maybe I didn't care so much for the character then is what it is. Cause they didn't, they didn't uh, do much. I mean, I know there was a lot of buildup to the scene, but then they introduce him and his character to me doesn't convey the power of his influence. Yeah. So it d- didn't seem like it matched up. Like who is this? This, this must be another Loki. At first I thought it was another version of Loki who was just being a trickster and come to find out he was pulling the strings and then they kind of unveil what's going on. It's oh, okay. That's cool. But you know, what, what makes him so influential or so powerful. But Yeah. I too thought at first we were just going to see another Loki. I mean, Kang was kind of like, we've got to see Kang, right? It's time travel. But I didn't expect him. And then as soon as that I saw, because we know that, you know, Jonathan Majors has been cast as Kang in Ant-Man. So I knew he was coming in as, as, as Kang. When we saw him right when it opened up and he's just like sitting there eating the apple, I think that's the part that was supposed to be, like he wasn't supposed to be like directly threatening like a mm-hmm. Thanos is, like just Thanos' presence is threatening. It's his confidence in such an unknown place, I think is what's supposed to be unnerving, not necessarily threatening, but unnerving. And yeah. so that's the part that I enjoyed. Um, but yeah, he doesn't, he does, definitely doesn't convey the, the, the threat level that we've gotten from like an Ultron. I mean, he's an Ultron mm-hmm. level villain, but we haven't, yeah. we don't see the Ultron threat. We don't see the Thanos threat yet. You know? So hopefully we do see that conveyed better in yes. Kang in the, you know, new next series next season what i love uh about this too is he was talking about how like oh i'm trying to protect the universe from myself 
mm-hmm. there are worse versions of me and he's talking about like the uh blah 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 the conqueror and like oh that's cool you know um but what i love is like he thinks that he's a better version of himself and yet if you listen to his story he killed all the other universes to make sure his universe was the only one so it's like he's the better version and he destroyed countless lives to make sure that his universe is the only one to exist shows how bad the conqueror will be <laughs> yeah and that makes you wonder i mean is that what every dictator thinks because he True. thinks he's the best version he could easily be the very worst version because he killed so much to achieve you know a single timeline yeah. and is that is he just not the most effective or best you know fighter or whatever of of his multiple versions because he was successful and he cut off all the other timelines he was smart enough to know i i got to pull these weeds by the root and stop the timelines from branching off or there will be more versions of me. So yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily that he was nice because he let some people live and uh, in a certain timeline or if he was just ruthless and, you know, had the most control. The, the, from the show alone, not going into comic books from the show alone. The only thing we know, the difference uh, from him and conqueror version is a conqueror version was not going to hide behind the, 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 the time masters. No, it, there's a statue of Kang in the TVA yeah. now and stuff like that. So this new version at least has that much more of that dictator personality, right? Because he's enough to build his own statue. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out and see if his personality changes at all. I hope it doesn't. I enjoyed the personality, but we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. The other big thing that happened, uh, the TVA is, is basically ineffective against Sylvie stabbing Kang and just letting the branches go. So we have full-on multiverse now. We're talking comic book level of multiverse, Jonathan, which, Mm -hmm. of course, leads into Doctor Strange. We just recently got confirmation that Loki will be in the next Doctor Strange movie, which is all about the multiverse, uh, alongside Wanda. So um, it opened up a whole new world. Do you think that... How do you think the Marvel will change, the MCU will change going forward because of the multiverse? Well, so one thing is, I like that that this story kind of explained why we haven't had a multiverse before, because it could yes. have been used in the past to save us from so many other things. Uh, just, you know, jump to another version of reality and everything's okay. Um, but I think now that you open this can of worms, it kind of has to be involved in every movie to some extent yeah. until they find a way to close the can of worms. They're going to have to, you know, make it to, you know, destroy the ability to, travel through the multiverse or something if they want to not have to talk about it every time um and then resort back to how things were before where the future is unpredictable and we don't know what's going on outside of our universe kind of thing um but yes it's it's so powerful and they have the ability to travel through it then every time there's a challenge if there's thanos okay well let me go to this other realm where thanos is a good guy and we'll bring him to come fight himself or you know, we'll go back to when he was a kid because there's also time travel and we could just, you know, take him out of existence as a child or it's just, it makes a huge impact. So hopefully they tie these threads very carefully and, and don't make it uh, too complicated or too off-putting. Yeah. It can get messy quick. You're a hundred percent right. Uh, the Thanos is a great example. There's a version of Thanos that actually killed, what did he do? I think he, I think he killed Captain America. He, either way, he became the new Captain America and led the Avengers. They can get that Thanos to fight Thanos. Yeah. Um, yeah, it can get messy like that real quick. So hopefully, ah, man, you know, I, I think the only thing that the, I think they'll make like Galactus be the thing that kind of ties things back up. Um, mm. do, is that what you want to see? Do you want to see them kind of eventually close the multiverse? I think so. I think it's just like time travel. If it's free to use wherever, it it just is too much. It's too 
open. It's too free. So yeah. you have to have limitations. You know, it's like saying Superman doesn't have a weakness. Well, okay, then he can do literally anything he wants. Like you and have to have, to. yeah, yeah. To you have to have some kind of limitations. So I think they could use this for a few movies, make a really cool big story arc out of it, and and you know some TV shows and stuff. And then we have to get to a point that it kind of comes to a resolution where either we have a single timeline or, you know, we have only, you know, these seven different, you know, realities or something like that, that we can bounce between, but it's got to get cleaned up, I think at some point. Yeah. And then also the part where you're saying it's like, it's too big to not mention. It reminds me after the first Avengers movie, every like agent of shield, every show, every movie, daredevil, stuff like that always mentioned the battle of New York. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like that where like, now no threat matters because there's gonna I do think what we'll have is probably like phase four, maybe phase five five will be all multiverse stuff. And then mm. it'll end with a giant battle, like we saw with the last Avengers movie, where it's like now we have seven different, you know, Captain Americas that all have very unique looks and mm. all these different Iron Mans come in and stuff like that. That'll be really cool eye candy, but then that'll be the moment like, okay, we're using this once because we can never do this again. Or you guys would never trust us. Yeah. <laughs> you it's know? too much. I don't, I, that to me, just the thought of that cheapens it too. That big scene, I know everybody loved it. The big scene where all the Avengers are coming together to fight, but it was just a little bit too much. It's a little bit, like you're saying, too much eye candy. I got a, you know, sugar overload. So it's, you kind of got to tame that stuff down as much as you want to, you know, pump, pump up all these heroes with these great abilities and throw them all together and make a, a big mash. I like more of a delicate storyline in the background too. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, it Marvel has forever been changed due to this series. It's six episodes and it changes Marvel forever. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anybody who stood out to you during this series as a whole? Any sort of actor, Loki himself, Owen, anybody? Um, yeah, well, it's it's nice to see Owen Wilson as an older character. It, yeah. it breaks my heart to think like this guy that we saw, you know, when we were young, he always playing the the young college guy or the you know young adult. Uh, now he's playing old characters. It's like, yeah, what what happened to you? Oh yeah, we're getting old. I forgot about that. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> that's like Ben Stiller. When you see Ben Stiller now, you're like, oh my god, <laughs> right? Uh, all all of our all of our favorite actors, they're all becoming the old guy in the show now, not the the young spry kid like we envision ourselves yeah um so yeah his his acting was was perfect it was on par but uh loki i can't remember his his name tom hiddleston, hiddleston. tom, tom hiddleston. hiddleston uh yeah, his acting was phenomenal i yeah. it, before we hadn't seen a whole lot of range in loki a little bit in asgard and stuff with his you know childhood and whatnot but uh obviously this gave him so much more room to work and and you could see his acting skills really put to the test so uh, i liked it i thought he he did a really good job. Yeah. Owen Wilson, I will say, uh, now that he's older, it's kind of a better mix, in my opinion, because before he kind of had like this wisecracking. I don't know. It's a little hard to pin down. It's an Owen Wilson thing, right? Everybody knows. Mm-hmm. A, wow. I mean, everybody's picturing that, right? <laughs> but now it's like it goes well with being an older person. Like, I don't know. It's like a good mix now. It's like just a little toned down version of him that mm-hmm. like, like, for example, like the great example of how it works is like he knows Loki's bullshit. And it's like, he's like, yeah, 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 kid, I know that you're bullshitting me. Like, that part of Sass kind of works well for being an older man now. So, yeah. I think he did a really good, I, I want to see him on that jet ski so bad. Like, that's my main thing. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I do want to also point out, uh, it was in episode five, I think his name is Richard E. Grant, if I remember correctly. 
the classic Loki, quote unquote classic Loki, mm, yeah. uh, is now my favorite Loki because yeah. I, I love that he fought with full magic. That episode in general, I think, is just fantastic. It's full of Easter eggs and like that. But he fought with full magic like a Loki, I think, should. That whole like building Asgard thing was really dope. Um, I hope there's got to be way. I mean, we have multiverse guys now. I mean, it, there is a way, right? I want to see him return in some way. He was just so perfect at it. Uh, yeah. it I, wish they, I wish they showed a little a small scene. Doesn't have to be long. I know they don't have. They have to cut down time in every episode, but a, a short scene for each of those characters to show just a, a bit of where they came from. Because that'd be so cool just to see yeah. their the you know slight differences we can notice in their world and their version of reality, and you know with the battle or whatever that it took to get them where they were. Um, so. Yeah, that that would be cool to see. I mean, the multiverse opens up so many options. It's just insane. Yeah. You know, it could go any way you want now. But, uh, but yeah, I can't think of any specific actors or, or characters that really stood out to me. They were all they were all good and specific. So, might as well get into my favorite aspect of pretty much the whole show was the TVA and how they depicted yeah. the retro future technology. It's just. And it's in a lot of movies and shows now, and it's so awesome to think, you know, this is what the future tech would have looked like on a different timeline if maybe we yeah. didn't have a certain, maybe we didn't have aluminum or plastic or something like that for some reason, or, you know, some other genius instead of, you know, uh, Edison discovered electricity and decided to use it this way instead. Or it's amazing. It just looks so cool, and it just takes that that creative vision to put it together right. But I love it. And we were talking about Star Trek earlier. It's like I hope they kind of implement more of that into Star Trek as well. That you know retro future tech kind of look i think that's the best term for it too and, and you nailed it the design team on this show killed it the tva had me hooked and it it kind of reminds me of a movie called adjustment bureau i think it's called do you remember that where oh yeah that's that's a bit old school there with matt damon um where it's just like this overpowering thing but they all dressed like in the 50s and it was like it was in the 50s stuck in the time in the 50s Didn't this they have a looks big like black briefcase that was they always their time a briefcase machine? and the hat yeah it was like yeah. it was like that or whatever um yeah. And this thing it was like it was like it was made in the 60s and then like technology progressed, but only from like the 60s point of view. So even like the like fancy um, smartphones, we'll call it whatever that they had, had like 60s screens on them. It was just <laughs> a really cool way of doing things. It kind of reminds me of how you do a Bioshock. Mm -hmm. um, actually, a Bioshock movie done by these guys would be amazing. <laughs> I yeah. will say. Um, or that uh, that time travel movie. Or no, it's kind of not really time travel. Um, what am I thinking? Umbrella the, Academy, the uh, Umbrella they have a Academy, time, yes, yeah, yeah they have actually, a, yeah, a time committee or something, just like, just like the TVA, yeah, uh, it has a lot of the same vibes though. It's pretty cool. Like that it. might be my favorite thing is that the TVA is now officially in the MCU and they've nailed it. I thought the TVA is really cool. Yeah, I was kind of worried because I'm like, oh great, now this this end is going to destroy the TVA, but oh nope, Loki got pushed back. Now yeah. we're going to see the different realities of the TVA now and them actually having to fight these branches yeah. of the timeline with Con King. Kang the Conqueror and all that. A couple things I want to make sure to clarify too. So first off, uh, that short moment when when Loki gets back to the TVA and then finds Owen Wilson and the TVA has changed, you'll note that there's a lot more military running around. So Kang mm. the Conqueror's version of the TVA is much more militaristic. So that's that's going to be important. Um, the second thing to note is the TVA is a Nexus thing. Uh, there mm. are Nexus people, Nexus events and stuff like that. A good example is that of Scarlet Witch. While there may be different versions of like Iron Man in every uh, multiverse, uh, Scarlet Witch will always be Scarlet Witch in every multiverse. That exact version of Scarlet Witch because she's a Nexus event herself and mm -hmm. the TVA is as well. So 
while the TVA has changed, which is, that's crazy that it's changed at all, it won't be different in different multiverses because it's beyond that. So keep that in mind too. So we're going to have heroes that are interacting with things and like Scarlet Witch is a great example where she'll be interacting with multiple versions of Iron Man because he's not a Nexus event, but she stays the same. It'll be, it's, it's going to be overwhelming for the Marvel, for MCU. It'll be very hard for them to nail this. We'll yeah, see. And I think with King the Conqueror, he's, uh, you know, being more militarized and stuff. I think it's like I was saying earlier where you got to pull the weeds by the, the weeds by the root yeah. that he isn't snipping the timelines before they branch off. He's not pruning like they say. So when the timeline branches off, then he has to deal with the, the branches of the timeline. He's letting them fully yeah. grow and flourish. And then he's going there and taking what he wants and killing who he doesn't or yeah. whatever. So instead of pruning crazy. the branches, he's conquering the branches. He's yeah, King the Conqueror. So it's a whole different thing now. Food. Yeah. <laughs> freaking dope um, <laughs> so yeah characters settings um, I, I mean the music's amazing because we did the sloop for this of course every week you guys could check out our patreon for the sloop mm -hmm. a dollar a month gets you that um, and so I use that the music from it as the intro and just like god damn it was good done it was done <laughs> yeah. so well every time and there was um, a lot of easter eggs too I watch some videos online every once in a while to catch up with some of the easter eggs because yeah. I don't catch them I'm not <laughs> I don't see it that close but it's it's. I love how Disney's doing that with a lot of or Marvel's doing that with a lot of their Shows now too is hiding a bunch of Easter eggs what, in it. Was there a favorite Easter egg of yours? Um, God, I don't know. For me, it's got to be the Thanocopter, first of all, because I've always wanted to see the Thanoscopter. It's just yeah. such a dorky little thing that's in the comic books, and then to see they actually put it in the MCU is fun. Um, and then what everybody's talking about, of course, is Thor Frog. He was stuck yeah. in the jar. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, that, was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I will note that the, the extra cool part of that is that Chris Hemsworth actually voiced the little frog. He, oh, really? uh, he came in for free, just decided to do it for free, and he voiced the frog like struggling to find. And he's, if you look at, back at it, because I've watched it a few times now, he's actually reaching for the giant mule there that's buried there. So he is yeah. actually trying to reach for a mule there. And, um, <laughs> and, it's, and it's actually Chris Hemsworth's voice. So it's pretty neat. Yeah. I like it. You think if that's a Thor frog, then he should be able to command Mjolnir to come to him, right? Right, yeah, there's all kinds of little loopholes on that, you know, and, oh. and Marvel has joked that they're going to bring in, because he's from the comic books, the, the Thor yeah. frog is, but, um, and in the, in the Marvel universe, they actually did joke around about, like, oh, that one time I turned you into a frog, so they have referenced mm -hmm. him. Um, yeah. So, but Marvel has joked around, like, he's getting his own miniseries coming up, guys, so there might be a <laughs> Thor frog miniseries now, after the um, hype. All everybody's talking about alligator, alligator uh, uh, Loki, which I thought was a, a missed opportunity. Why did you guys not call him a crocodile? So you can call it like Crocky instead of like alligator Loki or something like that. But no less, everybody's talking about that. Um, yeah, Sylvie was really good too. I think that we need to talk about Sylvie a little bit. Um, her, I like the idea that her variance was her gender because that means that like from birth they picked her up. She's a Loki who has had no influence of Asgard and all that stuff like that. So it was like Loki at full rogue state. What did you think of, of how she did? I didn't realize that, 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 that she got picked up because when she was born, she was... A, a variant. Female, yeah. Okay, okay. I didn't... I thought she grew up for two, you know, at like five years old or ten years old or something like that and then got taken away. Well, that, that might have been when they found her. I'm not necessarily sure if it's at yet because sometimes they don't find them right away, we've, we've been oh, noticing. Okay. But yeah, she is... too much. Yeah, she's a Nexus event from birth. So she's oh, right okay. away starting her own branch. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was awesome. She obviously was acted very well. Um, I, I thought the story was written so well, and the fact that that's the Loki we know that is he's so egotistical and so vain that the only yeah. person he could love is himself. But the fact that they wrote it in a way that he can love himself because she's another version of him, I like that. That was just kind of funny, a little bit 
weird when you think about it, yeah, but it was yeah. it was cool. It was a good way to do it, I think. My first reaction was like, I don't want them to hook up. It's too weird. But then it's like, oh, wait, he's a narcissist. The only yeah. person he would love is himself. Yeah. Yeah. And so but it does actually make sense. You see it as it, later. It's not like it's a neurological disorder. Or he's super, you know, narcissistic or something like that. But eventually his acting, you know, chops flexed. He's making you think like, wow, he actually does love her. He's going to risk everything, not for himself anymore, but for her. And then you remember, oh, wait, she is a version of him. But, yeah. you know, kind still, of in yeah. a different way yeah he's willing to sacrifice his version of himself for her version of himself so is that not love that's that's pretty out of the box for him too so that's pretty cool yeah and then we've uh, i think they pushed in this that is true but i just never really paid attention to it is the fact that loki's always survived they'll lose and they'll lose bad but they always survive which is yeah. a cool little aspect to loki that's that's cool to think about in the future and that's why when the door was opening and everything, I assumed the big bad at the end was going to be another version of yeah. Loki because he's called uh, the one that's left or something like that. Yeah, it made perfect sense. It'd be the last. Yeah, Loki. I'm like, well, yeah, he's the he's the best Loki, the most powerful yeah. one or whatever, the one that maybe he you know is taking powers from other Lokis or something like that. But uh, yeah, no, it wasn't him. <laughs> and then I like to think that this Loki is the Lokiest Loki. If you're thinking of like the Rickest Brick from Rick and Morty. Mm -hmm. Um. The writer for this series is actually a writer from Rick and Morty, so there's a lot of that in there. Uh, and so I, I do like to think that like he's the most Loki of all the Lokis. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I thought it was going to be hard for them to try to justify trying to make a second Loki likable after mm -hmm. we had already fallen in love with our Loki. Um, and that's, by the way, just, just to throw this out there real quick, our Loki might not be dead because he could have done a perfect projection that Thanos killed and then hot off into space, just like the classic Loki said he did. So classic yeah. Loki could be our Loki. It's oh man, <laughs> there's so many questions so after true. this. I didn't yeah. even I didn't even think about that. He told the story of how he of, of Loki dying from to Thanos. Ah, uh, that's pro that's that's too good to not be true. <laughs> I you know yeah it could be and and I like that just because I like classic Loki so much. I like how much he was like the daggers get in the way guys use yeah. magic which yeah. is something you would learn if you're hiding you know that's <laughs> great um all right the show was obviously like like i said it opened up so many more questions it has changed the mcu more than probably any movie or tv series to this point we have so many new things coming now um how would you grade this this series as a whole uh i'd probably give it a solid a solid a yeah yeah. Um, I, I'm, I would go with an A minus just because I think the first couple episodes had so much setup that they took a little bit to launch but if it was off the, like, the last three I'd go A plus the last three or the last two especially were just on all cylinders but if you take it as a whole it has to go down to about an A minus for me you're seeing a solid A I mean mm -hmm. it was a really good show yeah. um, and at this point we spoiled everything that can be spoiled so <laughs> you guys just <laughs> go watch it already alright yeah all right, uh, that'll any last mo any last thoughts before we go? Nope, I think I'm good. All right, uh, all right, guys, that is it for us today. Uh, on Wednesday, we have a new Pushing Buttons, which is a fantastic new podcast that has joined our team. Uh, check them out, and then every Friday is a Trek Freaks with Jonathan right here, so you guys can be listening to him and Kevin mm -hmm. talk about. That is my favorite new podcast. I will say that much. Um, I realize I'm so monotone and I say a lot of ums, so I, I apologize. Hopefully, uh, by episode twenty, that will be <laughs> better. <laughs> But we'll see. Uh, Jonathan, just a heads up, you've been podcasting now for over 230 episodes. It's not going to mm -hmm. change. <laughs> you okay, are in so your ways if now. You, if you like monotone and ums, totally check it out. 
that's true yeah i've been doing this for a while already yeah you're you're a pro at this point um it, it, yeah if they're used to it if they're listening to us now they're they're used to it and they're they're on board so <laughs> we appreciate it guys all right so uh check out trick freaks and pushing buttons and of course we'll, we'll be back next week take it easy guys bye, bye. for joining us on the geek freaks podcast you can find us on twitter at geek freaks pod we're also on facebook instagram you can email us we have our patreon and a store all those links are in the description thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you guys next week